The following Mishnah is interpreted by the Mepharshim of the Mishnah in two totally different ways. And in fact, even within those two ways, there are different ways of understanding. But we're going to explain the Mishnah according to the simplest way of understanding, and that is how the Bartanura and the Rambam understand the Mishnah. When a farmer harvests a field, it could take him a long time, and as he's harvesting, he'll begin to concentrate less and less, he won't be as careful as he goes on, which means that he'll drop more leket the further into the harvest that he goes. However, if the field is full of two different species, one very good quality species and another bad quality species, then the farmer will use his concentration and be very careful as he harvests the good quality ones, and when he gets to the bad quality ones, he won't concentrate so much, and he'll drop more of those. Which means that in that scenario, it's not so much dependent on how far into the harvest he is, rather throughout the entire harvest, he'll be more careful with the good quality ones, and less careful with the bad quality produce. Which means, therefore, that he is causing a loss to the poor people. Because had he just harvested the good ones by themselves, then as he got more into it, and had spent, more, had spent longer harvesting, he would start to get careless and drop more leket. But because he's harvesting the bad quality ones with them, so he can manage to be careful now for all of the good quality ones, and he'll just be much more careless for the bad quality ones. And therefore the Mishnah says that one cannot mix his harvest with tofeach, which is a very bad quality produce, some sort of legume, some translated as a grass pea. That is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Because it's possible that he won't be more careful with the better quality ones. We're assuming that with the average farmer, if he's got a mixture of better quality ones and worse quality ones, he'll be able to be more careful with the better quality ones for longer than he would have managed to had he harvested them by themselves. But that's not necessarily true. That would not occur with every farmer. And therefore, since that's not guaranteed to happen, the Chachomim allows somebody to harvest very good quality and very bad quality produce together. Mishnah Dalet, Balabai is a owner of a house, literally. And this refers to somebody who is not a poor man. Who was traveling, he was passing from one location to another location. So he didn't have his belongings with him, didn't have all his possessions, all his money. And then he actually runs out of all money and all food that he has. And he can't get back to his house yet. And he's got no way of getting money other than taking one of the matnos aniyim, one of the gifts of the poor. It comes to a stage where he needs to take leket, which are the stalks which fall down during the harvest. Shikra which are the forgotten stalks or bundles, who pay all the corner of the field, the Maisa'oni, and the tenth of the farmer's produce which he gives to the poor person. So the question is, is he allowed to take these things, even though he has money and possessions in another location? So the answer is, according to everybody, Yitol, he can take the Matnus Aniyim, because at that time he is poor, and he has no other way of getting money. So everybody agrees he can take. The question is, when he arrives back at his town, and at that stage he does have money, does he need to compensate the poor people for the Matnus Aniyim which he took. Because if you think about it, had he not taken it, other poor people would have got it. So according to the first opinion in our Mishnah, when he returns to his house, Yishalem, he has to pay the poor people who are in the town that he, that he was forced to take the Matnus Aniyim. So not the poor people of his town, but the poor people of the town where he was forced to take the Matnus Aniyim. Because those were the poor people who would have got it had he not taken it. However, the Chacham and the Chacham say, you don't need to compensate the other poor people. Because at that time, he was a poor person at that time. He's no different to the other poor people there. Later on, he got back to his house, so we just view that as if he was poor, and now he became wealthy. 
But at that time, we view him as a totally poor person, and therefore he can take Magnus Aniem just like any poor person can. And when he got, gets money later, he does not need to compensate the other poor people. Mishnah Hay, as we have mentioned a few times in the Masechta, the Magnus Aniem are exempt from the tithes. Trimus and Maestris do not need to be taken from Magnus Aniem, which means that the poor person can eat the entire gift for himself. Now what happens if somebody who is not poor exchanges produce with a poor person for the poor person's Magnus Aniem, which means that the poor person is, let's say, giving the leket which he gathered, which is exempt from Maestris, He's giving that to a wealthy person, and the wealthy person is giving him the produce of his field. The halacha is, b'shaloi, what is now his produce, meaning what is now the wealthy person's produce, so what was once leket of the poor person, now belongs to the wealthy person, potter, that's exempt from maestress, just like it was exempt when the poor person had it. A change of ownership does not obligate the matnos aniem in maestress. However, that which now belongs to the poor person, and that refers to the produce which came from the wealthy person's field, of course, that's obligated in the maestress, because he's not giving it to the poor person as the matnus aniem, he's giving it in exchange for something. So it's like any normal produce which requires the maestress to be taken from it. Now, because the poor person is giving the wealthy person food which he can eat all of it, because the maestress do not need to be taken, the halacha is that the owner of the field has to give the poor person also produce, which the poor person can eat all of it. Which means that the wealthy person will have to take mices from it and only then give the produce to the poor person so that he gets an equal amount of produce which he can eat himself. Something very important comes out of this statement, that the obligation of maestress on produce does not depend on the owner of the produce, but rather it depends on the status which the produce has, regardless of the owner. Okay, part two of the Mishnah. There's an arrangement which we're going to come across many times in Seder's Rhyme, which is known as Arisus. A resource is when a worker of a field pretty much rents the field, and his payment for working the field is a percentage of the crop. It's not a fixed amount, but depending on how much he produces, he will get a percentage of that as his wage. So the Mishnah tells us, Two people who accept a field with the arrangement of a resource. So there are two workers, so let's say each one is going to get a quarter of the produce, and the owner will get a half. So a quarter plus a quarter plus a half, that will be all the produce. Now these two workers are poor, and therefore they're entitled to the Matnus Aniyam. However, the halacha is that a poor person who owns a field cannot take the Matnus Aniyam for himself. He has to separate them and give them to other poor people. And since these two workers don't have a fixed wage, rather their wage is based on how much produce is produced, they are considered to an extent part owners of the field. They've got total responsibility over the field and therefore they cannot take the Magnus Aniyam from the field for themselves. However, in our case, there are two workers, and each one gets a quarter of the produce, a quarter is an example, each one gets a part of the produce, and from that part of the produce they have to separate Magnus Aniyam, but one worker can give the other his portion of Maisa'oni, meaning he separates a tenth of his produce, and he can give it to the other worker, and the other worker can do the same, and give the other one his portion of Maisa Oni, which he has to separate. And this doesn't just apply to Maisa Oni, it applies to all of the Matnus Aniyim, so Leket, Shikha, Peo as well. And the point the Mishnah is bringing out is that worker number one has no ownership over what worker number two gets as his wage, and the same vice versa, and therefore they can both give each other the Matnus Aniyim, and they won't lose out that way. Now continues the Mishnah, I'm a couple sort of lictor, one who receives a field in order to harvest it. So he's not like a normal oris, 
who receives the field in order to do everything, to plant the seeds, to work on the field, to harvest it. He only made this arrangement to, to receive a percentage of the produce, but this time all he was going to do was harvest it. Even in that scenario, he's considered a part owner of the field, because he's getting a percentage of the produce, and therefore, he's forbidden to take from that field. Behuda says, when is that the case? And as we have seen once before, when Behuda says, when is that the case? He's not coming to argue against the previous opinion. Rather, he's coming to explain in which situation was the previous opinion stated. And the answer in our case is, It's in a time, in a situation where he received the field on condition that he would get half, a third, or a quarter of the field. So in that case, he's considered literally an owner of the field. But if he said to him, A third or another amount of what you cut, of what you harvest will be yours. So what does this worker got a portion in? Not the actual field, but that which has already been cut. Now when it comes to Leket Shikha Peah, as we have seen earlier on in the Masechta, those obligations set in when the produce is attached to the ground. And at that time in our situation, the worker was not considered an owner, and therefore in this situation, he would be allowed to take leket shikram peyah. Because when those obligations set in, he was not an owner, because he only has a share in the crop which has already been harvested. However, the Masarani, he is still forbidden to take Masarani, because the obligation of Masarani only applies once the harvest has been completed, and at that stage he was a part owner in the produce. Mission of we're going to see another application of the rule that if somebody owns the field, even if he is poor, he cannot take the Matnosanium for himself. The reason being that the Torah says the owner of the field can't have the Matnosanium. He has to give them to the poor. So even if he is poor, he has to give the Matnosanium. He cannot keep them for himself, as we saw in the previous Mishnah. So the Mishnah tells us, Hamoicher Sadehu, one who sells his field whilst the crop is still attached to the ground. So he's selling both the land and the crop, Hamoicher Mutar. The person who sold it is allowed to take the Matnosanium once the person who buys it harvests it, because the obligation is set in at the time of the harvest. And by the time that came, the seller is no longer the owner. Valukech also, but the buyer is forbidden to take those things because he is the owner when the obligation sets in. And this even applies if the buyer hasn't yet paid for this field because it's not the paying which acquires the field for him. In Jewish law, he has to perform an action in order to acquire it. And therefore, as long as he has acquired it, even if he hasn't paid for it, he cannot take the Matnosanium from his own field. Now, the Matnosanium are considered the property and the possession of the poor. And that means that no one poor person has any more right over another poor person. They each have an equal share, and then once a poor person picks up the Mount Asanim, then he acquires it, and now it's totally his. But be it as it may, the Mishnah tells us, A man may not hire workers, Almanas, with the condition that the worker's son can collect the leket behind him. Meaning that they agree that the owner will pay the worker slightly less than usual, and he'll allow the worker's son to be the one to stand right behind the worker while he's harvesting, so that any stalk that he drops, his son will just pick up and he'll have it. And the reason why he can't do that is because the son has no more right to the leket than any other poor person. And the leket is not the owner's to start doing business with it and using it as wages. He is effectively paying the, o- the worker with the leket, and that's forbidden. It's stealing from the poor people because it's not his. On a similar note, one who does not allow the poor people to collect the leket, this could mean that he keeps it for himself, or it could even mean that he gives it out. Whichever way you learn it, he's not allowing the poor people to collect the leket in the normal way that the Torah prescribes. 
or he allows one poor person, but the other poor person he doesn't allow. Or if he helps one of the poor people to collect the leket. It's all very nice that he's helping the poor person, but he's stealing from the rest of the poor people. Because all the poor people are supposed to have an equal right to the leket. This person is considered to be stealing from the poor people. And upon this it is said, in the Apostolic, Do not move the boundaries of those going up. Now, those going up is just a euphemism. It's a nice way of referring to the poor people who are really going down in their property. Their money and possessions are going down, but we refer to them as oilim because it wouldn't be nice to say they're going down. So that Pesach is saying, don't move the boundary of the poor people. Don't try and affect how they collect the Mount Nisanim. Rather, allow them to do it in the normal way. Now, by the way, the Pesach doesn't actually say the word oilim. The Pesach says the word olom. But the Mishnah is interpreting it as if it had said Oilim, referring to the poor people. And really with that, the Mishnah has now completed the discussion of Leket, this particular gift for the poor. And the next couple of Prokim will discuss Shikha, which are the forgotten bundles on the forgotten stalks.